Hello, and welcome to Weed and Grub. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's what can distract us? Isn't that crazy? Well, I mean, I am glad that you support the octopus behind you because that's one of the only animals I won't eat because they are aliens, and the, I think there's no way they're not. For anyone who's just listening to this and not watching the Zoom video that we're recording, I have a hanging on my wall of an octopus. There isn't an actual octopus behind me. Not that anyone would really think that I would Why have would a real octopus, octopus behind octopus? me, but that would be fucking so cool because I've always wanted an octopus. Yeah. But I don't think they make great pets. My sister had cuttlefish and they used to ink the tank all the time and she had to clean the water. It was like a nightmare <laughs> for her. So it would be a difficult pet to have. Yeah. Also, it shouldn't be a pet. It should be a companion. Like oh. if I'm going to kick it with an octopus, that's not something I'm going to control or have any business controlling. That's just your friend that you're lucky to have. Yes, cool. exactly. I met an octopus once. Have I ever told you that story? How? I was at a little aquarium in Seaside, Oregon, and they've got the, one of those great aquariums where it's just like local catch that the fishermen bring in. And there was an octopus in this amazing huge tank in the middle of the room and the place was just about to close. And... Um, the zoologist or biologist who was there could see that I was fascinated by the octopus. And so he said, do you want to feed it? And I got to feed the octopus a herring. I got to put my hand in the tank and it got its uh, tentacle up on me. And did you know the, the suckers are taste buds? They they're, actually they're, taste with their tentacles? I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. So if you break down per arm, per sucker, yeah, that's a, a f- Chris Morocco, who we talk about in this episode. <laughs> super taster. Super taster. <laughs> yeah. Take a sorry, buddy. Yeah, take a back seat. The octopus <laughs> has got it. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, they taste with the with those um, suckers. And so, yeah, it was just really So it was cool tasting your yeah. hand as you fed it? Too? Yes. And then the, the biologist was like, you might not want to let him get a second tentacle on you. And he's kind of like disengaged me gently. And then the octopus took the herring. And mm-hmm. I don't know, the whole situation was really cool. And it made me kind of never want to eat octopus again. Can't do it. Can't fucking do it, man. Yeah, I did when I was in Greece. I have to say, like, I couldn't couldn't pass up the Greek cuisine. But yeah, they're so cool. Yeah, I'm never gonna be an asshole at a party, and they're like, our main course is this, and I'm gonna be like, oh, you should have mentioned that, or like, you know, yeah, well, I'm gonna was, chow down if I got to. The time when down. I had it, I went on this boat cruise that was like around the Antiparos, which was this little island, and we stopped in these like abandoned, sheltered coves and dove off the boat, and they fed us octopus that they caught off the boat and stuff. And it was like, yeah, I think what I'd am I have gonna... to do it. I would have, have to do that. Yeah, you got to. Yeah. Like, yeah. if it was a sperm whale, I'd be like, yeah, I got to try that sperm whale. Like, yeah. I don't know what it's going to be, but if it's fresh from the ocean and then directly in my mouth, I'm putting it in my mouth. Yeah, you got to try it. Right? Yeah. For yeah. most, th- I think there are a few things that I definitely couldn't put in my mouth, but octopus, I, you know, I've always thought was delicious until I met that really cool one. So. What's the thing that whale hairballs are? What are you talking about? You know how there's like whale hairballs? Um, they have uh whale hairballs. Right, I guess they I like they vomit they vomit out like a hairball, but it's like a whale style one. Do you know uh, what I'm talking about? I think they're are you big talking lumps. about ambergris, which is yeah. from sperm whales. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what is that? It's like a delicacy, but it's whale puke, right? Well, ambergris was what was used in perfuming in the um. That's what like it was back in the day. It was one of the very valuable things that whales were hunted for, along with the oil. Um, was that ambergris, which I think, yeah, they used in perfume uh, 
you know, like back in Paris in Fucking the crazy, 1700s man. or whatever. Lobsters are bugs that are just bottom dwellers that are delicacy. Yeah. Whale hairballs are perfume so that you can get your cool water proper and make it like meet someone special. I mean, I think it's great that, uh, you know. Whole the, plant, baby. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think I, I don't want anyone to hunt whales anymore, but it is really cool that at that time they were just connected to the natural world in a way where they were like, you know, making use of all of the things around them. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Do yeah. you know the other alien? Did you hear about the Pentagon? Oh, yeah. That's okay. That's how we got on this whole fucking Yeah, yeah. Trip. Okay, totally. Okay. Sorry. I've been smoking weed. What are you smoking? Um, this. Well, I know it's a joint, but it's just what like, is it? I don't know, man. <laughs> this. It's like this half-smoked joint. <laughs> If oh, I was ever, funny. if I was ever an eyewitness to a murder, a j- terrible key witness. Yeah. What did they look like? Oh man, crazy. <laughs> he had eyes. <laughs> Long in places. Arms, legs. <laughs> Knife. Um, or maybe a gun. Rope. Great. Nobody rely on Mike for <laughs> eyewitness reports of anything, especially no. not the fucking weed you're smoking, which <laughs> this is just a half smoke joint. Great. Okay. Yeah. Um. Uh, uh, but the, the, but the Pentagon. Okay. So you tell me about it because I just like scrolled through it on Twitter and kind of didn't pay much attention to it. And I think that's what you're saying is like the issue, right? Well, the issue for me is uh, there's three issues. There's nine. There's so many, there's issues. so many issues. There's so many issues. <laughs> we can't get to all of them today. I, 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 I don't, everyone, obviously everyone doesn't care about aliens because Corona, 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 right. right? Which is a huge problem in itself. Yeah. But I think like the bigger question, because I've always known there was aliens in UFOs, so I'm not, I don't feel surprised. I don't feel any kind of like knew it. I just always knew in my heart that there was other life out there, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So my big problem is like, why did the Pentagon do this apropos of nothing Right Why now. did they release this footage confirming that there was an alien sighting relatively recently and they have it on tape? Yes. To distract from something else nefarious that's going on. Yeah, what's of going course. on right now? I don't know. All of it? <laughs> so, I mean, so many things. We can't know what's happening. Like, because that's... there's like the water is muddy right now. There's so much fucking shit going on. Like the fact that Trump is still president after that entire like bleach disinfectant situation. The fact that like people are kind of trying to like make apologies for him, like Dr. Burks or whatever his name is. She's like, he was just trying to digest the information in like, what the fuck are you talking about? What are you talking about? What the fuck are you talking about? People are insane right now. Nobody's telling any clear truth apart from, you know, a few like scientists and, and doctors, but everything's just muddy all the time right now. So I think it's just, you know, so was the Pentagon muddy like, the water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, do you think it was a distraction or do you think that the world is going to be over and they're just like, fuck it, yo, all secrets, let's drop banger after banger until we burn out because I feel like there's some deep stuff that they're just sitting on waiting to hatch. I don't know. Oh. Hang on a second. I, I feel like I'm text. right. Was that God? <laughs> was, was that God, God saying that us? I'm right? Hang on a second. I got to turn off my damn text messages here. Sorry about that. <laughs> I feel like I earned an angel point. Yeah, like, that was That great. was pretty great. <laughs> Ding. <laughs> um. <laughs> hey, thank you up there or around here. All of it. That thank you around me. Super crazy. <laughs> um, I don't. No, like I don't know. I've never been a conspiracy theorist. I've never liked conspiracy theories because um, I've never 
they just seem so fucking insane and unhinged to me. And occasionally there's one, you know, that you're like, well, of course, you know, the whole truth about JFK's assassination has never been known. And it was, you know, definitely a conspiracy of some kind. And it was like, you know, there's shadowy play, shadowy things at play and all that kind of stuff. There are certain ones where you're like, they're not telling the whole truth. But in general, I don't want to jump on the like conspiracy theory bandwagon. But right now, like something is afoot and they are trying to distract us. And I don't know if that's just like a complete authoritarian world takeover by right-wing leaders which you know we can kind of see happening or yeah um, they do it in public so that there's no denying it when it happens right or you know if it's like that they know that there's a meteor that's going to hit the earth and they're not telling us that or they would never tell us they brag about ones that miss us after they missed us right yo yeah so i don't know i don't know shit's fucked up and weird it's crazy crazy yeah yeah i just like i mean yeah everything's but what am i trying to say i mean (laughs) I mean, are the aliens going to get me my $1,200? Yeah. <laughs> I still haven't got my goddamn check. Um, I don't know. What? Do you, well, let's talk about the aliens for a minute. Okay. So these videos that are on Twitter yeah. are from military aircraft that recorded these like fast-moving objects. And then the people who were flying in that aircraft, they've also been like deposed and like publicly have acknowledged like what they saw. And then... Um, you know, the whole thing was dropped by the Pentagon to basically just say <gasps> to everyone, like, this happened. Can I hit you with a weird, twisty conspiracy theory? Sure. That you're making, you're filling my brain with it right okay, now. Okay, I'm just recapping what I know. So. Okay. <laughs> what if the Pentagon dropped those videos mm-hmm. and they are actually videos of technology we have for our military and arms race because there is a war that is coming uh-huh. and so in a way of framing it as aliens and unidentified, what really the Pentagon was doing was showing a video to world leaders across the globe that we have crazy mad technology that they don't have, so you better not fuck with us, and we might be coming for you. And Uh, the whole thing was like a fucking, you know, high-key signal sound the alarm to the rest of the... But like on Twitter, there are better channels to let other world leaders know that you have shit in your back pocket than like putting putting something on Twitter. I don't think so because mainstream media is so divided. Like I don't watch CBS. I don't watch the show Mom. I watch my nine. Email it to someone and be like, "Yo, what's up, Kim Jong Un? Look at this fucking (laughs) mad cool technology that we're gonna kick your ass with if you fuck with us." Like that is an email. That shit on Twitter, you know, or Signal or whatever the fuck. You think (laughs) you know? You think Trump and everyone has a WhatsApp? Yeah, for sure. I'm I'm actually just getting into all of these. I had a very cool conversation with someone who works in the black market in New York today entirely through uh, Signal because I was researching an article that I'm writing and it was like, oh, these apps are like, yeah, that's that's WhatsApp. That's legit. Yep. Yeah, that's fucking cool. Encrypted and it all disappears. Yeah. Give There's it to no me. way to track it. It's very fucking cool. So I don't know. I just feel like they wouldn't put it on Twitter as a way of announcing to the world that they have cool technology. So I do feel like, I mean, there is definitely something alien about it right yeah there is like when you look at the way it moves and the way that the the pilots of the aircraft were talking about it and then you that see anderson the part cooper that was like, geeking out about it to see anderson cooper's oh, segment i didn't see cooper i think it was cooper talking to cuomo and they were both like well there's there's aliens i guess and then anderson <laughs> starts like giggling he's like oh <laughs> like it was just great they're like tickled by it and not worried wow. about it. Do you think we should be worried? Oh, I think we should be worried more about the the fact that they dropped it than we should be worried about the aliens. Right. Yeah. I feel like the aliens, you know, especially with that kind of technology, if they were going to do anything nefarious or terrible, they they could have already 
So. Do you believe that the Pentagon and places like that hack into celebrities' iClouds to scour for naked pictures to drop while, when there's like a school shooting or something that we need some like naughty entertainment to sway us and forget about something tragic? That's a conspiracy theory that I've never bought into. Like the fappening when Jennifer Lawrence and all of those yes. celebs were hacked. Yes. Was there something going on at that time though? Do you, uh, well, I think the fact that you know what the fappening is but you suspect of it is pretty cool and interesting. I mean, I just... Remember, you know, all of these celebs just being like, what the fuck? Like, what, you know, Jennifer Lawrence having to sort of like publicly say, yes, I took those pictures and that they weren't for public consumption and now I have to like sue some idiot in a basement somewhere and gross. Don't do that. But um, I don't remember it being like a cover up to distract from something else at all. I just love to see connections maybe when there are no connections. Well, that's the thing about conspiracy theories, actually, is that they are a way to make sense of chaos, right? And that's why people embrace them. And that's why, you know, the 5G theory or, you know, the fact that, like, corona was invented in a lab or any of these things. It's like, you know, people trying to make sense of the terrible chaos that we experience in life just as humans. And that's why I don't buy it. Because in order to believe like in a whole, you know, global fucking conspiracy to do fucking anything. Like, you know, Trump can barely fucking read, like, let alone, you know, like collaborate with some like shadowy, you know, group of people to like make shit happen internationally. It's just, you know. You just regressed me so fucking hard in my imagination to when I was a little kid. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because I remember as a little kid just being that kid who goes, why, 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 mm-hmm. why, mm-hmm. why? And I feel like conspiracy theories for me are my childlike self just going why but why but why and needing a final fucking answer on all those whys yeah you need to make sense of shit yeah i have to yeah i have to i hate chaos so much even though i feel like i thrive in it Mm -hmm. i hate it so much when it comes to the rest of the world it wasn't a conspiracy theory so much as a um well i guess it was a conspiracy theory i just listened to um what was it called the the episode the podcast about satanic panic oh my gosh the one that that my favorite murder recommended conviction conviction yeah Fiction, Satanic Panic. Season two is on Spotify. Fascinating. Eight episodes. They're like 20, 25 minutes each. And it was um, explaining the Satanic Panic, which I grew up with during the 80s, which was not a conspiracy so much as just like a um, like a fear, like a paranoia that swept the nation and people did jail time for satanic rituals that they were there was know. a winking anus, right? Oh, God. Like crazy. Just insane. In people just terms like, that they grasped onto where it's like the winking anus and everyone's like, yep, yep, science, that's a fact. Yep, yep. It's, yeah, just people just, yeah, like it's like the Salem witch trials, that kind of thing where it's all of a sudden like a mass hysteria based on, you know, one fear-based thing and then, you know, everyone gets swept up in it and it's horrifying. So great fucking podcast, How about highly a, recommend. Yeah. yeah. How about a joy-based frenzy? How, okay. How do we do one of those? Uh, oh, I know. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Instead of a fear-based one? Let's share some of these like... Can I share my butt of the week? Yeah. It's my mom, Wendy Glazer. What's up, Wendy? What up, Wendy? Yeah. We were having an uh, we were having a good conversation. Her, she's quarantined with my dad, Steve, in St. Louis, and she mailed a really nice list that she labeled as positive thoughts. And she found all these positive thoughts in magazines and cut them out, and then sent it to us so that we have positive thoughts at all times as we're doing a stay home. Yeah, can't go wrong with that, man. Like, Can I read two? Yes, please. Okay, because there's like good shit in here. Mm-hmm. Shout out Wendy Glazer. I mean, she starts it off with like, believe you can and you're halfway there. Uh-huh. And life isn't, uh, life isn't a matter of milestones, but of moments. 
Mm-hmm. And that's um, so true right now, especially more than ooh. ever. Like you have to, I'm trying so hard to just stay in the day and not think ahead and not think about, you know, what I'm going to be doing in a month from now, but just, you know, what does today look like? That's so important. Is it helping you hold on to reality and charge ahead? It's helping me just, yeah, just not panic and not feel the anxiety that kind of can flood in sometimes when you're like, oh my God, what's going to happen to anything that I've worked so hard to build, you know? Yeah, that's an important one. Yo, to piggyback on that one, Mm -hmm. the other one Wendy put on here is you are so much more than what you are going through. Yeah. Yo, what? That's hugely important to remember. That's really cool. This is amazing. So I just wanted to shout out a bud of the week. Yeah. um, Who I grew feet inside. That's so creepy, man. <laughs> I, I know she's going to listen to this, so I, I had to end strong. Yeah. You know? Of course. <laughs> I So when I saw that, uh, I wanted to pull out this really cool thing that my friend Nicole gave me. I don't know if I've ever showed you this, but so my friend Nicole and I met in uh, Seattle in 2001. Uh, doing a play there and then she moved to New York and I moved to New York shortly thereafter um, and we'd like made work together and we were like creative and collaborative partners and everything and so I was really sad to miss her when she was moving to New York and the last day I saw her before she moved to New York she gave me this so it's this like little genie glass bottle and inside it is this scroll and she just handed it to me and she was like don't open it until you need it Um, but this is just something that I made for you and I didn't open it ever until she passed away she was killed in 2005 and I missed her terribly 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 and she um you know when I thought about uh just like remembering her and going through all the things I was like oh my god I have that message from her so I opened this and it says believe in yourself like I believe in you sending you lots of groovy love vibes have faith and listen to yourself with love Nicole Damn. Yeah. Isn't that cool? Have faith and listen to yourself. Yeah. Like just, you know, a a, a true friend telling me like, I believe in you and just believe in yourself. So just passing that on to anyone who needs to hear it. Like you have what you need inside you. Uh, Oh, you can, you know, like that's beautiful. Yeah. You can. Also, you got a magic scroll from your best friend. I got a magic fucking scroll and I keep it in a very uh, safe place, dear to my heart. And I look at it sometimes and just think, yeah, I do. I tried really hard to believe in myself like she believed in me. That's fucking it. Mm -hmm. Damn, y'all. We went from like heavy, dark, fucked up shit in the beginning to right where I want to be for this guest. Yeah. Talk about believing in yourself full steam ahead, not looking back and being exactly who you are. Christina Wong is the epitome of that to me. Yeah, she's built her life in exactly the direction she wanted to go in. And now she's making magic with chickens and like Seville oranges and winning, she's winning pie, pie contests. Con- yes. She's winning pie contests <laughs> with her magical pies. And we got a tour of her compound in Highland Park where she has chickens and like makes amazing food with all of the things she grows. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah. We met chickens. We met chickens. We met four chickens. And we have a new friend in Christina. Yep. Come on. Yeah. You want, you ready? Do you want to get into it? Um, yes, I'm so ready. All right. Everybody, uh, have beautiful fucking weeks. Here is our interview with... Christina Wong. What up, Mary Jane? How's it going, Mike? Yo, what a delicious Tuesday evening. It is. It's magic hour in more than more ways than one. Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can you introduce yourself and say a little about who you are and what you be and all about your chickens, please? 
<laughs> sure. Hi, hi. I'm Christina. Um, I'm at Baking with Chickens on Instagram and YouTube, and I am just a kind of a hobbyist baker. My background is in doing food and restaurant PR, and then I started working in cannabis as well. So then I started getting really into baking and cooking with cannabis. And uh, my pie won the KCRW Pie Pageant for the Prettiest Pie Award, and here we are. And we're now talking weed and food my favorite subjects <laughs> <laughs> awesome yeah so i have chickens in my backyard um i live in highland park i happen to have the space i've wanted them for so long um and then i also have a garden and then we also have a chicken shit bingo board so we'll occasionally have chicken shit bingo parties at my house as well now what is chicken shit bingo please <laughs> <laughs> So it's, uh, I have a board and it's painted so that the board looks like a bingo card. And I have like a jar with like little balls that have the numbers written on it. And you put the chickens on the board and then you just wait for one to shit on your number and you win. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds like just about the best thing you could possibly do to like get high and just watch chickens poop on a board. It sounds yeah. like ideal. 100%. Yeah, you've never lived till you've seen grown-ass adults like sitting there waving things at chickens trying to get them to shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like are they yelling, B1, B1 at like yeah. Razzleberry, I think it's a... Yes, yeah. yeah, like they're like, so I'll give people like treats or things that they can kind of like drop. So they'll try to like lure the chickens over towards the number. But like you can't predict when a chicken's going to shit. The chicken's going to shit whenever it feels like it. Did you grow up with chickens? Like what? what is your background? Are you from, where are you from? Yeah. What, so where did you like? I did not grow up with chickens. I grew up in Orange County and like Dana Point area. So very, um, very fancy, very protected and bored as hell. And so I had to get the hell out of Dodge. And uh, so I did not grow up with chickens. My mom did not allow us to have pets. The most I was allowed with some turtles and parakeets. And you know, those aren't really like fun, cuddly pets. So now as an adult, I'm like, I can have whatever yeah. I want. I can live my own life. So I have dogs, one dog, two cats, and four chickens. So I was a brand new chicken owner. I've only had them for about three years. And I just had this idea. I did a ton of research. I thought I knew everything. Um, I ended up meeting somebody who needed to get rid of some chickens. So we built a coop, got the chickens, and then I learned that there's so much more that I really didn't know about them. Like when things are like, they're really easy to keep until things go wrong and you don't know what to do. And then it just kind of becomes a whole thing. But now that I've learned, now I have a whole chicken community that I go and get um, questions and answers from. But um, yeah, like they've, they've really taken over our lives in a way that we didn't expect. Like I just got them because I was like, I want fresh eggs. And then they had cute little personalities. They become pets and then I started baking using their eggs because they lay so many eggs and then this whole channel grew up like grew out of them and how awesome they are and I just found that so many people I talk to and so many of my friends don't just aren't connected to where their food comes from they had so many questions about like eggs and chickens and where they came from and because you know I worked in restaurants I worked for tender greens for a very long time I helped grow them and so I really you know I knew a lot about food and so it became an opportunity to educate and teach about you know where your eggs come from and what it's like to keep chickens especially in an urban space like LA um, and you know them as creatures and then baking with it so uh, my blog, my YouTube, my Instagram is filled with like nerdy chicken facts and weird things. I call it weirdly wonderful. And it's just me being weird and enjoying <laughs> life and just not caring. <laughs> I learned a fact from your Instagram page, actually, uh, about uh, eggshells oh. and how versatile and important they are. And 
I, I've, you know, I've been eating a soft scramble my whole life and throwing away that shell. And I didn't know that you can use it for so many other important things in your life. Yeah, there. I, I did the same thing. I, am, I think about how many eggshells I've thrown away in my life and I feel terrible. Like they can be used in the garden. They can use, be used to sharpen your knives, plant seedlings. Like I feed them back to my chickens so that they get more calcium. I mean, it sounds weird and gross, but like that's just the thing you do. Wow. How do you sharpen a knife using an eggshell? That seems like impossible. So like, so like the blades. So sorry. Um, I meant you sharpen like um, blades in your blender or like your food processor. So you put like the crushed eggshells in with some water and then you just turn it on and the eggshells will sharpen the blades. Oh, that's That's wild. so dope. Because yeah. like as much hummus and dip and like dumb romesco as I make, like it's got to be time to sharpen those Cuisinart blades. Yeah. You know what the coolest thing I learned? Actually, I didn't even know this until I started Googling it. And I learned, so like, you know that the, the thin little membrane between like the egg shell, like after you crack it, there's like that thin little piece. So you can, yeah. so when it's wet still, you can take that off and it can be used as like a quick stand-in Band-Aid. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like if you have like a small cut, like just rinse it off, put it on your cut and then it has like these antimicrobial properties and it also promotes healing and scarring. So you can put it on, it'll dry on your skin and get hard like a Band-Aid. And then like in a pinch, it could totally work. And I'm like, this is amazing. So like, this is the kind of info I love because in the case of a zombie apocalypse, like I would know what to do with all of this. Yeah, you're totally. gonna be the person that everyone's coming to to be like, you have the food, you have the first aid, <laughs> you're a great baker, <laughs> you have the weed. Yeah, that's the goal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. <laughs> Should we? I mean, we. Speaking of Baker, I feel like this we gotta pie is important. We gotta get into this. We gotta talk about the pie. pie because listen, when Mike, I just heard a shout and I came running and I was like, "What?" Mike was like, "Look at this fucking pie that won the KCRW pie making contest." And I looked and then I screamed because it's so freaking beautiful. Can we do a screen share of oh, it yeah, while I we actually, talk about yes, it? Yes. Let me show. Um, Hang on a second. I've got it right here. I don't know if you can see. For everybody who For watches the Zoom, we're going to screen share. Oh, there yes. it is. Look at this In thing. In all its lacy calligraphic, calligraphic <laughs> glory. I mean, what was your... Beautiful. How did you make this? It's magical. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so uh, the instructions are on my blog on bakingwithchickens.com if you want to follow along and make it yourself. Um, but it's... So it's really a twist on a lemon meringue pie. So... It's a Seville sour orange marmalade pie. So if you're a marmalade fan, um, that's really where the inspiration for this pie came from because I have a Seville orange tree outside in my front yard that has sour, they're so sour. Like you can't eat them and they're horrible and like they're only good for marmalade oh. and like marinating meat for like cochinita pibil and that's about it. And like maybe making some cleaning supplies. Wow. But like this tree is prolific and we can never, <laughs> we can never use enough of them. So we were just staring at it. I'm like, how, what am I supposed to do with these? And so I made so much marmalade and I was like, okay, like I want to do like some kind of a layer on it. So I basically started with Chris Morocco's recipe for lemon meringue pie. That's on Bon Appetit. Cause like- It's so good. His, it's yeah, his, so good. His pie is so insane. Like the meringue is like perfect. It's a perfect texture. And I've made that pie before and I loved it. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna start with that as a base. Christina, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I do want to ask you, what are your Chris Morocco opinions as we break down this pie? Because mine have changed since I've seen him in quarantine with his kids. You know, I, okay, I'm gonna be super honest. I don't know enough about him to have a very strong opinion. 
Okay. I just, I just like, in that case, yeah. my apologies for derailing a beautiful <laughs> pie conversation. No, that's fine. Yeah, I don't know him enough. I haven't followed him as a personality enough to really have a strong opinion. He's like extremely specific about noise and um, like taste. You know, when he does his blind tastings, like he he can't taste things if he can't hear correctly. He's like very, very, very sort Precise. of like. Yeah, he, he oh. needs a lot of things to be perfect. And so, um, I think it's why he makes perfect pies. Yeah. Interesting. So, okay, so I, we'll come back to the pie. We're going to go circuitous route. So I wanted to mention something because you mentioned how he has to be very precise. And so one of the reasons why I started baking with chickens and I really wanted to kind of like put my voice out there is because so often people say, I'm not a good baker, right? And I said this my entire life. I'd say this to myself, like, I'm not a good baker because I'm not precise. I don't like to measure. I'm a better cook than I'm a baker because like things fuck up. And that would happen to me constantly. Like I just, I, I'm still not precise. I make so many mistakes. But like that's part of the fun. It's part of making mistakes. And like so, you guys are like ooing and aahing over my pie. But like, there's so many mistakes in there that you don't see. And what I love is that this <laughs> pie that's filled with mistakes actually won prettiest pie. Like my pie crust slumped because I forgot to like freeze it before I blind baked it. Um, there's fissures underneath because I didn't wait for it. To, I wasn't patient enough to wait for it to cool before I poured the marmalade layer. So it's like, there's so many mistakes, but like, that's the fun part. And like, it's all about encouraging people to just be okay with making mistakes because that's how we learn. And I feel like we're kind of in this world, especially on Instagram, where like everything has to be picture perfect and we're afraid to make mistakes because we have to get it right the first time. And like, that's just not how you learn. That's not how you get better. That's not how we grow as people and human beings. So that was a good point about Chris Morocco. I mean, like, and it's an art too. Like I think, I think that like the beauty of what you're saying is that there's there's it's an art form and there is no perfect art. It's a, it's a form of self-expression and you can't get it right. It's just who you are and what you put into it. And so instead of trying to make a perfect pie, you're making a pie that expresses who you are and what you're able to do with that form. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, so, okay, back into the pie. So it was, okay, so it was a Chris Morocco. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, okay. All right, so it was a Chris Morocco lemon meringue from Bon Appetit. So I substituted the lemon juice in the curd with sour or so I basically instead of lemons I used these sour bitter oranges that I have from my tree and you can buy Seville oranges probably from your farmers market um, they're probably harder to find but if you ask around you could probably find it or ask a neighbor a lot of people have sour orange trees around Los Angeles and so just the juice zest and then cooked it like I normally would and I made a marmalade from scratch using David Leibovitz's Seville orange marmalade recipe. So it's just sugar and orange rinds and water, and that's it. So I don't that's use it? pectin. Yeah, I don't use pectin in any of my marmalade. I just, I like the texture better when it's just all sugar. I used up an entire bag of sugar to make the marmalade in this pie. Like, yes, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> it's terrifying how much sugar went into this. Uh, but yeah. yeah, so it was just basically lemon meringue. And then the twist I did was I poured the marmalade layer on top and let that chill and harden and then piped all of the meringue. So the meringue I made and then I just put it in a piping bag and used different, the different types of tips to like make the pretty pattern and then torched it because it looks, yeah. Yeah, the torching yeah. part with fire is really the best part, most fun part of this entire experience. <laughs> and eating it, of course. It's incredible. I wonder if like you couldn't get Seville oranges if you could do like grapefruit 
or any other like sour, sour citrus to make it happen for anyone listening who might not have access to Seville oranges. Yeah, any any sour citrus would absolutely work. You could you could do lemon and do the same thing. Just make a lemon rind marmalade. So a marmalade is basically you take the rinds of any citrus, you scrape out the white pith, chop it, and you cook cook the shit out of it for like four to five <laughs> hours. Um, it with sugar and some water and it'll get it really soft so you could absolutely remake this pie with any any sour citrus that'd be kind of fun blood oranges grapefruits Ooh, yeah yeah Ooh. would you do a lime is this lime good in a marmalade or is that too kind of i've never made a weird. lime marmalade but that hmm. could be interesting on the pie tip i was watching pie videos preparing for this today and i saw one for a clear lemon meringue pie i saw where that. have you seen a clear pie it's crazy looking mary jane i'll pull up i took a picture okay <laughs> have you have you <laughs> sorry i it's saw amazing. it was like a couple things ago this was like the big popular thing that was going around because there was like the clear jello pumpkin pie looking thing that's, yeah clear pie cool. what the fuck that's crazy it's futuristic <laughs> i don't know if i would want to order that slice of pie it doesn't look that it's beautiful but it's sort of like not appetizing looking to me like i love the the color and swirl of the fruit you know yeah, yeah it's like a, that's like an off-white pie like a, <laughs> <laughs> a virgil avlo pie <laughs> yeah so right. have you baked Oh, I was going to ask, if, have you baked, are you infusing pies at all? Have you done some I have not infused pies? pies, but after you messaged me, I was thinking about it. And I was like, how would I infuse it? Because I was also looking into how to make infused like jams and marmalades. And all the recipes I read online were saying just like put infused honey into your finished product. And I was like, okay, that could work. But that's sort of a cheat. I'm not really infusing it, right? So I don't, I don't know how I would do it. I think you would want to infuse your sugar. There's like cannabis sugar that you can make. Green Dragon um, is the sort of old school version, but there's also like cannabis simple syrup where I think the recipe that I've read most recently was just cannabis, water, sugar, and a little bit of glycerin maybe to sort of like hold it together. But I'm sure you don't need the glycerin even. Yeah, I mean, there's all different ways to cook with it, right? Um, and it, it's like you could just order the powder and put it in, like isolate, distillate. That's one way to do it, which I don't know. From, being from Papa and Barkley, I'm a whole plant convert. So I'm all about whole plants and trying to figure out how, how, can, how can I actually use the flour and infuse that instead of buying a distillate or an, an isolate. So you went from tender greens to working with Papa and Barkley. How did, what was I that did. shift like? It was, you know, Papa, okay, so Tender Greens, for those who don't know, is a fast casual, they call it to call themselves, it's fine casual restaurant chain of like healthier food, you know, so there's. Like you can get a glass of wine. Yeah, it's a glass of wine, but you can also get these big salads and you can also get a plate of like sustainably sourced meat with mashed potatoes and like roasted vegetables. So it's like. Your grandma's cooking, but made by chefs and affordable and super high quality sourced from farmers. Oh my so, gosh, you're, you are so good at PR. <laughs> Holy cow. <laughs> These talking points for years, you guys, talking points for years. <laughs> um, and so I grew Tender Greens from, you know, they started with two restaurants um, and I grew them to 30 restaurants and opened their first location in New York. And it was really exciting. It was really fun, but it was all about how they work with local farmers and source. And it's all about, it's not, it's not, you know, USDA label organic, it's organically grown, you know, using regenerative 
soil and growing practices and that type of relationship. And so when I left Tender Greens, I was thinking about where I wanted to work next, what I wanted to do. And in my mind, I was like, man, I'd love to work in cannabis. It's an exciting new industry. I'm the type of person who, you know, for my job, for my career, I love helping entrepreneurs grow their next idea and take them to the next level. And so cannabis was really a great place for that. And I came across Papa and Barkley and I knew they had a great reputation. And what I found was they were like, for, to me, they were like the tender greens of cannabis. The, their philosophy, the way that they partner with their local farmers to, who grow their flower and their cannabis is exactly the same philosophy that we had at Tender Greens. So it was really a natural transition from the food world into talking about cannabis and cannabis sourcing and whole plant and what that means and solventless with Papa and Barkley. So it was really, really fun and really exciting. And it, you know, I'm like talking, like I was talking to the farmers and they're kind of using, you know, they're using the, the cannabis slang that I wasn't familiar with yet. And I was like, what, I was like listening to them talk and they're like the terps and this. And I was like, Okay, okay, I understand what you're saying. So I just had to translate it, and because of Pop and Barkley, you know, I was trying to find a way to talk about cannabis with maybe people who weren't familiar with the industry or who were new. It's like talking to your parents or your grandparents about it. So for me, going in with a fresh, fresh perspective was really helpful and beneficial for, for my work and kind of talking to people and journalists as well. Do you hear that cracking? I do hear a little bit of a crackle, yeah. I think your headphones are maybe... Uh, is that me? Oh, as long as the love is good, I'm yeah. good. Well, my dog is my dog is being very bad and barking right now because he wants to. Oh, be that's let better. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, that's better. Wait, we're, what kind of dog are we talking about? Yeah, he's a pit bull mix. Oh, sweet rescue. Yeah, he's a rescue. He's very sweet. He loves eating chicken poo like it's Pez candy. <laughs> is that good for him? Like, does it help no. his digestion? No, it's disgusting. <laughs> it's so disgusting. I know everybody always asks me, they're like, does your dog get along with the chickens? I'm like, oh, he loves the chickens. They're like, you're not worried he's going to eat them? I'm like, no, they're like little live feathered Pez dispensers who poop candy for him. Like, <laughs> it's so disgusting. And then like, so he would break into the chicken coop area, like hoover up and snarf up all their poo and then we wouldn't know because he would only do it like, and he'd hide from us. And then at night he would start hotboxing <laughs> us with his gnarly farts. It was horrible. so gross. Oh, oh my God. Okay, this is a great transition because farts. Uh, I learned from your uh, amazing website about fart eggs. <laughs> so <laughs> this is perfect because I want you to talk about this. I had never heard of this phenomenon. Fart eggs, yes. So I, I like to call them fart eggs because they're funnier. So fart eggs are, they're called like diminutive eggs and they're just like these weird little anomalies that happen. So most of you go to the grocery store, you buy your, gro your grocery store eggs and they're like large or medium and like that's what eggs normally are. And then there's like fart eggs are, all, are these little mistake eggs. They're like oops, right? It's where a piece of re reproductive tissue in the chicken's body is mistaken for an egg and then it makes a little shell around it and it comes out and it's just teeny tiny compared to the normal sized eggs that that chicken would lay. And they're also called fairy eggs, wind eggs, dwarf eggs, cock eggs. So back in the day, people thought that they were laid by roosters and that's why they're called cock eggs and they thought it was the work of the devil because there was no way that this could happen. And so the the superstition was that if you had a cock egg and it was incubated by a toad or a snake, this 
monster called a cockatrice would hatch and bring a reign of terror upon you in your house. Something like that. And you have to like throw the fart egg over your house without breaking it to get rid of it. But they're <laughs> oh perfectly God. normal. So a fart egg is just a tiny egg and it either has just egg whites or just an egg yolk. Um, or once in a while, it could be just a whole teeny tiny mini egg. So I've gotten two. My first one had just a yolk. And then the second one that we just got had a tiny little mini egg. And I was so delighted <laughs> to that. I'm going to show. Egg. Oh, yeah. I have a picture of your tiny, um, your tiny fart egg here that I wanted to share, too, because it's with the, um, here we go, all three of them in a row there. So that's like a normal kind of weird oblong egg that you had at the bottom and yeah. then a medium egg. And then the tiny fart egg at the it's top. Tiny. It's just so tiny. <laughs> it was so cute. And yeah, and everyone's like, well, what did you do with it? And I was like, I fried it and I ate it on some toast. Like, you can't waste yeah. eggs. <laughs> <laughs> Even a fart egg yeah. needs to be loved. I also love that moment in the in the video where you were cracking those eggs. It was like another like kind of moment of like joyous imperfection where you cracked the egg and then it kind of missed the bowl, but it was like this just great moment where I was like, oh, you're so fun to watch because mistakes become a moment that, you know, is just like a great thing that we can all delight in together. Like, Aww. oh, nothing ever goes as, as you intended. Like, you can also rescue that egg perfectly and still fry it up and eat it. Yeah, but isn't that kind of like life, though? It just doesn't go perfectly. It doesn't go the way that you want it to go. Shit happens, and you just, you scoop yourself up, you pick yourself up again, and you just keep on baking, or you keep on eating you keep on working and doing your thing and finding your passion i mean that's it especially that's now it. my god i mean we're all in a place where we just need to find all of the joyous moments that we possibly can and like fart eggs and awesome pies <laughs> and you know chickens with fun names can you talk a little bit about your chickens themselves they have yeah. personalities and names yeah yeah do you guys want to go see the chickens Yes. Oh my God. Are you, are you serious? Yes. yes. Oh my God. I can go. Ah! I, I thought about this already. Okay, we're gonna go see the chickens. It might. My video might cut out for a little bit as it like reconnects, but it should work in theory. Okay. This is so exciting. Last week we <laughs> met a duck. This week we're meeting chickens. Yeah. Oh this God. is a first for for our podcast though to actually go on a journey with a pod guest as they, you okay. know, as you're walking. Oh, you want to see my little cannabis plant? I'm trying to grow. Yes. Yeah. So oh, this, she's beautiful. Yeah. So this is Maggie. She's kind of runty, and I don't know what to do. <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm terrible at growing things. I don't think we get enough sun. She needs more nutrients, but she's not dead. I mean, she, yeah, she looks like she's ni nice and healthy, like bright yeah. green, and you know, okay. no spots on the leaves or anything. Oh, yeah. good. Yeah, she's just a little runty. That's okay. She'll still be loved. Yeah. <laughs> There's a whole Peanuts Christmas cartoon about the little runty one. Oh yeah. But so you know. It's a famous tree. <laughs> Did you paint all of this too? I love how colorful your whole home is. It's blues and greens and teals. Yeah, it's kind of fun. You know, it's like be being an adult, I can do whatever I want. This is like our adult tree house of fun. Oh my God, it's so magical. What a like magical compound. I bet your friends all feel really lucky all the time. Hey, <laughs> wait, what are you doing? You're I hear them, I hear them. to be over there. Oh, chickens. <laughs> <laughs> chickens i'm like waving guys? at it like it can see me <laughs> okay, so which we'll one was that one so, would you okay. mind yeah, letting yeah. us so, know who's who here we go okay so this one is fizzleberry she is number three on the chicken pecking order she lays kind of like blue light bluish green eggs and she's a breed called an easter egger 
and they had little beards. That's funny. So like whenever people look at like all of these pretty photos of eggs and they're like pastel rainbow colors, they're usually from a breed called an Easter egger. So they just lay like, they're kind of like little mutts of the chicken world and they lay like all sorts of different colors. This is That's, amazing. Yeah, so, so when she, oh, where'd she go? So she's kind of doing this where like, she's doing a squat. So they usually squat like that for roosters, but it's like a submissive. So I can usually catch them and pick them up that way. And this oh. one here, who's causing trouble, we'll come back to her later. <laughs> My goodness. That's Butterberry. She gets beat up. Poor thing. So she's oh. a bot. So like a chicken, like, there's a pecking order. So like, you know, the term pecking order comes from mm -hmm. chickens and it's a very real thing. So like there's a number one chicken who's the boss and then like number two, number three, four, five, and so on based on how many chickens you have. And it's like, that's like their power structure. Wow. So, this one is Olga, ba Lady Olga Berry. She is named after the famous um, bearded lady from Ringling Brothers Circus, Lady Olga, because she has the most magnificent beard. But she uh -huh. is a brutal dictator and she is not a good leader. And she almost tried to eat her best friend. Whoa, Dang. ruthless, ruthless chicken. Yeah. yeah, she's very ruthless, but she's an Americuna. She lays like little tiny blue eggs. It's very cute. And then this is her best friend, Raspberry. Hey, Raspberry, where are you going? <laughs> She, I would she make off. this would be the best Pixar film in the world. Absolutely. <laughs> right. Or should I pitch it to Disney? See what they Yes. <laughs> would watch 100 yeah. percent. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Okay. Now I can see better. Hey, you guys. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So Raspberry is the top chicken. She's black and white. So whenever you think of like a chicken, she's kind of like my favorite. Um, she is the best egg layer. She lays like the big pink eggs that I have. And she was the first chicken that I got. And so her, she and Olga Berry are best friends. It's very cute. And do you know, do you know who laid the fart egg? Uh, the fart egg was Butterberry, the one who's causing troubles back over here in my garden. So like I had to put, there she is. Yeah, see, so I put this up so that she couldn't get in my garden and she found a way to hop over there and destroy all my stuff. What are you doing? She's right. a renegade. Yeah, so that's Butterberry. Yeah, so all my chickens are like something, some, something berry. And I can't explain why, it just sort of happened and it just stuck. So there's Raspberry, Lady Olgaberry, Fizzleberry, and she's Butterberry. And one day, <laughs> my dream is to have a Silky, like one of those weird fluffy white ones named Snozberry. Oh, hell yes. Oh, that's so perfect. That's so good. Yeah, because you do have your own little chocolate factory over there. It yeah. just makes sense. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, one day, I'm saving that one. One day there will be a Snozberry. <laughs> Can you taste the difference in their eggs, chicken to chicken? Uh, no. I mean, it just tastes like an egg. There isn't cool. really, a, yeah, I don't taste the difference. I mean, I, I know the difference between their eggs based on looks. Oh, we should check. Look, hey, let's check for some eggs. Oh okay. my gosh. Live egg check. This yeah. is the best. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You guys want to take Twitch bets? Stream. How many eggs do you think will be in here? Ooh, this is fun. Okay, uh, I'm going to say three. Oh, I was going to say three. Okay, okay, okay I'll say six. Okay. <laughs> I only have four chickens. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how okay. eggs work. <laughs> three. Oh, yeah, we were both right. We were both going to say three. That's so amazing. Good and they're job. beautiful colors. Yeah. They're all different. Yeah, wow. so this pink one here is raspberry, the black and white chicken. This one is Lady Olga Berry because it's like that small oblong size. I just know she has little eggs. And then that one's Fizzleberry. 
What do they eat? What do you feed them? So they eat a, here, I'm gonna flip it back to me. Okay, so they just eat like a layer feed that I get for them. Um, I just buy chicken food for them at the store. But otherwise, like they just run around and forage and eat bugs and plants. So chickens are technically omnivores. They they would like oh. to eat bugs. So if you get chickens that eat bugs and like dark leafy greens, like they were designed to eat grass. That's pretty much what like grass and bugs. And the more grass and bugs they eat, the better quality eggs you'll get. Um, that's when you get like that golden yolk color is when the chickens get good nutrition. So if you go to the grocery store and you see on the label, like the package of eggs, it says vegetarian fed. That doesn't really make sense because chickens aren't vegetarians. Like they, they re like they actually really like meat. Like if I give them some pork or chicken, like they'll eat it. Do they, they do they crow in the morning? That's just roosters, right? That's just roosters. Yes. So um, hens are the female chickens. Roosters are male chickens, and they do not. So hens do not need a rooster to lay an egg. Like they're just gonna lay an egg normal no matter what. It's kind of like women and periods. Um, an egg is basically a chicken period is what you're eating. I know it's really gross, but that's just the truth and I'm gonna say it. I mean, I've gone down on girls it. who are on their period. I don't mind, it's yes. fine. Nice. Yeah, you're eating a chicken period. You know? um, and, yeah. But it's, you know, they don't need, oh, here you go, hi. Um, so they don't need a rooster to lay an egg. Like they're gonna lay an egg regardless, it's just unfertilized. So that's the majority of the eggs in the grocery store that you're going to buy and eat are unfertilized. And like, they'll go to waste. Like they don't, there's not, like chickens might, like they'll just sit there and they'll go rotten or like, sometimes you'll get chickens that will try to eat their own eggs, but like it's highly discouraged. We don't want that. And then um, I, so they do not crow. Like the most noise they make is maybe whatever you've been hearing in the background. And they also have something called an egg song. Oh my God, what is an egg song? That's beautiful. So when they lay, so after they lay an egg, they're so proud of themselves that they'll come out and they'll like, make a ton of noise and it's just an egg song wow where they're like look at what i just did look at yeah. what i just did kind yeah. of thing <laughs> yeah pretty much running around at the top of their lungs just like squawking they're like they're hilarious they're funny little creatures i get it yeah yeah i'd be like oh I, when i'm super proud of myself i do little dances and sing about <laughs> it <laughs> so what's what's i know like just looking at your website and and everything that you have going on you sort of have like big plans for for what's next can you talk about what you guys are up to yeah so we so i actually left um working full-time with papa and barkley recently um to really actually focus on this i started this when i was between jobs and I had a lot of fun. People were really liking it. We were starting to grow this YouTube channel and we we're like, hmm, like maybe this could turn into something. And so the next plans are we're just making content right now. We're trying to build um, as much and make as many episodes of like what people like to eat and want to see. And then we'll see where it goes and see what happens. I think, um, you know, we had some in inquiries about doing a possible like, you know, TV show for it or who knows? Possibilities are endless and I'm just gonna, we're just gonna have fun. That's the motto. We're having fun, making stuff, eating and engaging with people until we'll see what happens with it. That's so great. Right? Yeah. That's how things always work out. They work mm -hmm. out when you let them work out. Yeah, when you have a great time doing it too. And I just love like all of the, you know, I mean, this is the perfect sort of nexus is weed and food and fun and chickens, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, did you see like there's like this huge trend. So with everybody in quarantine, like and everyone was panic buying chickens a few weeks ago. 
Did you hear about that? Oh, I did really? not hear this. Well, that's probably pretty unfortunate for a lot of those chickens, right? Because people don't really know what they're doing, I imagine. Yeah, so it was about probably like week two or three, like week two or three of kind of like all of the stay at home and eggs were a shortage at the grocery store. So like for everybody who's a baker, it's been really hard to source flour, sugar, eggs, and yeast. Um, so when there was like a shortage of eggs at the grocery store, people just started panic buying baby chicks. Um, which is it is it could be unfortunate because people don't know how to take care of them they're just buying it and like you know like they're animals and they require attention and you have to like it and it's work so it's you know they take about seven months until they start laying eggs from a baby chick so it's like you bought them now but like it's gonna take seven months until you get your first egg and then what happens when you go back to work in your daily life do you have time to take care of them um, chickens only lay eggs for up to like about five years old, like four to five, they they kind of go like a peak. They like peak and then they start laying less eggs, but their lifespan Menop is eight to ten years. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. It's henopause. And um, henopause. Henopause. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah, and so it's like where they only like you know they'll still keep laying older, but it's just a lot less. So it's like, what are you going to do with them? Do you keep them as a pet or do you turn them into soup? And are you or a lot of people turn them over to the shelters, which are really sad too. So it's like, you know, putting a lot of thought into it. But yeah, it was like this huge thing. And the New York Times, Washington Post wrote about people panic buying chickens. That's so wild. Yeah. I just feel like that's such a, it must be kind of limited to places like Los Angeles where people are doing that. Like, I don't think people in Manhattan were panic buying chickens. I hope not. <laughs> yeah, for know. their small studios. I wonder if people were panic buying th like bees too. Or, you know, I bet you're any, right. any other creatures that, you know, help produce food. Oh, my goodness. Dog. That's okay. What's your dog's name? Miles. The Do you have, does it have nicknames too? He's, he has lots of nicknames here. We're, Miles, come here. Come here. There you are. What up, Miles? Oh, Miles hi, is a buddy. good dog. Hi. Good boy. Uh oh, man. Let's say hi. <laughs> is this what you imagined was going to happen on this podcast? <laughs> I love meeting a dog. It's the best. <laughs> this is my favorite episode. <laughs> I have a dog over here. He's asleep right now, but his name Aww. is Archie, and he's got a bunch of different nicknames. One of them is Senator Ding Dong. He's also known as uh, Captain Poop and Chew. Yeah, he's got a few names. <laughs> what about him? Do you have nicknames? He's Miles Slobberbomb. He's, oh my goodness, this dog. He, so we trained him to ring bells when he wants to go out the door, and now it's just like in, out, in, out constantly. That's amazing. <laughs> yep, he, he's slobber bomb. Sir poops a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Heck yeah. <laughs> Do you have, so you've got a fair bit of space there outside. Do you grow vegetables and fruit as well? Yeah, I do. So um, we have a garden. We have artichokes, um, squashes, zucchinis. There's a bunch of fruit trees. There's an avocado tree that Butterberry was under earlier. Um, I grow a lot of like, mint. There's oranges. And so the cool thing is chicken poop is really good fertilizer. Are chickens going to save us from the apocalypse? Look, it sounds like they might. If if we were in a zombie apocalypse and I could choose one animal to take with me, I would choose a chicken because chickens themselves are food. They produce food out of their butts. The, the food that they produce could then grow into more chickens who can produce even more food. And their poop 
can be used for fertilizer to grow food. So I would say out of all of like the horrible lazy animals of my house, I would choose the chicken. <laughs> <laughs> the chicken's the go-to one. Yeah. Yep. Heroes. Oh, this has been so great. This is awesome. I would love to, uh, in the real world at some point, you know, just meet up and like hang out because yes. you just seem so fun and oh. like you're compound is amazing i'm inviting myself over will you guys please come over and eat pie and play chicken shit bingo with me yes Yes. i would love that uh yes please okay we'll bring weed dude could we host like a weed and grub like a weed and grub like podcast party you guys like all your your fans could come if they're here in la yeah that would be amazing and we can do like a little potluck Kind of a sitch. Yeah, yes, a potluck. A potluck. Oh, yeah, a pie luck. A pie Ooh. Luck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sounds you, awesome. Yes, I like it. Okay. So good. Well, everybody heard it here first. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> yeah, when we're all allowed to socialize again, I chicken shit bingo and weed part. Chicken shit bingo pie and weed party. It sounds ideal. Awesome. Can't oh, wait. I'm racking my brain on names and a poster. Okay, here we go. <laughs> we actually have uh, very good friends called the Tender Friends who uh, host a podcast about chicken tenders and ranking them, and they are also very 420 friendly, so maybe they'll oh, come along too. That would be fun. You know, it's like, would it be morbid if you're standing in front of the chicken waiting for them to shit while eating chicken tenders? Whoa. Nah, that's pretty meta. Yeah. yeah. I like it, though, because it like shows the circle of life. Like, it's very, <laughs> it's deep. <laughs> It's like, you better shit on my number. This is what's going to happen to you. Oh. <laughs> so horrible. Um, where can everybody find, where's the best place to start to find you? And then how can they dive on in? Yeah. So the best place to start would be my website, bakingwithchickens.com. And from there, you can find my YouTube channel and you can find me on Instagram. You can also check out all of my recipes, blog posts. Um, I don't write my own recipes. I usually like making other people's things. Like I recently made um, carrot cake cinnamon rolls. Um, there's a recipe for how to make scallion pancakes that I just posted. And I'm actually, I was, right before I jumped on the phone with you guys, I was writing a new post on how to make a chocolate meringue pie. Ooh. Yes. Wow. Yeah, oh man, so- we're going to have so much fun hanging out. <laughs> I guess like meringues <laughs> make sense because you've got lots of egg whites. Yes, I have tons of egg whites that I always need to use up. So I'm always looking for ways to use egg whites and egg yolks and eggs and anything I can. Before you go, can you give us the best tip to making meringues perfectly? Because I have never succeeded. They're always kind of gluey and not crispy and yummy and light and fluffy. Oh, like crunchy meringues. Okay, so crunchy meringue cookies. There's an episode on my blog post, the Halloween episode, that I make little ghost meringues. Um, Actually, so, oh my God, I'm glad you brought this up because that episode, I was high off of my gourd film. I, I only meant to take a little and I took too much tincture and I was like stupid high. I know that I'm high and I watch myself on the episode and I can't stop laughing because like my eyes are all like glazy. Um, but anyway, so I make vegan, I make um, both egg white meringues and vegan meringues using aquafaba. So you should check oh, that out wow. and you can compare yeah. it. But my tip would be, okay, so room temperature egg whites whip up better then cold egg whites you need like the proteins to kind of soften um and then you definitely want to use like a cream of tartar vinegar or lemon juice to help it stay stiff and then the third tip would be only make them on a dry day if you're in like if it's humid or if it's wet or it's raining you're not going to get good meringues because the humidity in the air will soak into it and they will get um 
like mushy. That's fascinating. The chemistry of baking is dependent on like what kind of day it is. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, if you're trying to make macarons, it's the same thing. Like macarons, like those little like French sandwichy cookies that are delicious. And um, it's the same thing. Like if it's humid, you can't make macarons. They won't turn out right. Wow, wild. This so is good cool. to know. Yeah, you're cool as shit. You're so fucking cool. It's so good to meet you. <laughs> so are you guys. This is so fun. I could sit and like yeah. high and talk food all day long. All fucking day. That's good. what we do. <laughs> you're living my dream. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're all in it together. Oh, thank man. you so much for hanging out. Yeah, thank you. If you want to check us out, we are at Weed and Grub on Instagram, WG at WeedandGrub.com, mm-hmm. and the uh, Google for our website. <laughs> <laughs> and this has been awesome. Uh, thanks for hanging with us. Thank you for having me. I had so much fun. Till awesome. the party. Uh, Let's do it. Yeah, till the party. Let's do it. Yeah, bye, everybody. <laughs> bye. <laughs>